You are listening to the Mentally Strong Choice Mapping Podcast. I am Dr. B, a doctoral prepared psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner with over 20 years of clinical experience. However, my real expertise comes from having experienced unimaginable hardship. As a result, I created Choice Mapping, a cognitive behavioral approach. Listen and learn how Choice Mapping makes you mentally stronger. Good day, Dr. B here discussing the number one most important aspect of raising kids. I'm often asked parenting questions or even my advice, and I'm not quite sure why. Maybe because I have seven kids, maybe the degrees that I have obtained, um, or maybe they think I'm all together. (laughs) Um, My kids would probably adamantly disagree, but um, I do have a lot of experience in in raising kids of of different types. Um, So some of the common advice that we get about raising kids, and there's probably thousands of books out there, um, is discipline. That's kind of the number one thing you hear people say, you know, if you just discipline your child, they will grow and develop into a healthy adult. Um, And I often hear people say, you know, especially people that don't have kids, they'll say, oh, they'll see a kid having a temper tantrum or a kid doing something that they would uh, disagree with. And they say things like, oh, my kid would never do that. Or my kids in the future will will not act like that. Um, Insinuating that if we just discipline them, uh, we would have control over their behavior. Um, And so I'll challenge that a little bit here. Another common advice is kind of protection. It's our job to protect our children. And we have, you know, we kind of talk about a helicopter parent who's, you know, constantly in fear of, of what's going to happen to that child. So so they protect them all the time and don't allow them to develop uh, their individual uh, choices. You know, on the opposite, you have people that just let them experience life and, and uh, they don't need discipline or protection. You know, they, they will grow into the adult that they were supposed to be. Um, then you have kind of the authority, respect type parenting, um, you know, kind of goes with that discipline. But in this, you know, idea that uh, adults are the authority, they deserve all the respect. And, um, you know, we even talk about kids should be uh, seen, not heard. Um, and I'm going to challenge that as well. Um, so there's tons of parenting styles, theories, books, um, and they often work. Uh, but sometimes they don't, and sometimes it's not one particular parenting style that is uh, the best because all kids are different. So we should stop focusing on being the perfect parent or doing the, the style that uh, is perfect uh, because that's really not possible. Uh, we talk about there's plenty of perfect parents out there, but they probably don't have any children. <laughs> um, even if you have... Uh, air quotes here, successfully raised children, uh, your technique won't necessarily work with all children. Um, I remember even before I had children, I, you know, I was a nurse and, and uh, working on my master's, I was probably more confident in my parenting skills uh, before having children. And so Again, you know, all of these, all this information out there, all these styles, uh, great for learning, um, but uh, let's adapt it uh, specifically uh, to the child's individual needs. Um, Just acknowledge that you will make mistakes, and you probably, if you are a parent, you have already made mistakes. Um, But if you have a relationship with your child, they will forgive you. (laughs) Um, Maybe. 
I have uh, I have asked forgiveness from my kids for the things that I believe that I could have done better, and I do hope that they've forgiven me. But also, we need to forgive ourselves. So my challenge to you um, is that it doesn't matter what style uh, or theory of parenting you use. The number one most important thing is to have a relationship with your child. So if you don't hear anything else, uh, hear me say that the number one thing is that you have a, a good relationship with your child. What does that mean? How do you do that? Um, well, first of all, they need to feel loved. Of course, we love our children. And sometimes we think they just need to know that because we feel love. And so they should feel that we feel this love. Um, one of the best uh, books that I've, I've read on, on you know human development is uh, by Gary Chapman. It's called Love Languages. And he's got several different versions of it. But he talks about that there's five different love languages. And I, I encourage anyone... Uh, whether you have children or not have children, to read uh, this book or, or look into this theory of love and feeling loved and how people feel love. So one of the love languages is uh, gifts, that you feel love when you receive a gift. And if I were to rank the five love languages in order of importance to me, uh, gifts would be number five. I don't like receiving gifts. I feel a little awkward. I feel like then I have to give a gift back, and I'm not good at picking out gifts. And so gifts is definitely uh, not my love language. But one of my daughters, uh, that's her love language. And uh, I had a really hard time with this in the beginning because I felt like it was very materialistic to constantly be giving her gifts. But if I don't give her gifts, she seriously has trouble feeling love. So I travel a lot, and um, every time I come home, I, I just I know that I need to bring her something. And it doesn't even have to cost a lot of money. I could even swing by the dollar store uh, on the way back and bring her something that only costs a dollar, and she will feel loved even if I had been gone for a couple weeks. And so uh, figuring out... Uh, whether you use this, uh, you know, five love languages by Gary Chapman or some, in some other way, figure out how your child feels love. Children also need to feel valued uh, by giving them praise, a purpose within the family, within the world, positive reinforcement. Try not to compare your children. Uh, we often talk about, you know, the middle child insinuating that they, that child has some lesser value. Don't do that. Every child has a purpose um, and, you know, significant value within your family and, and within this world. Uh, also, children, to have a relationship with them, they need to feel heard. Now, when we do choice mapping with children in the clinic, Oftentimes, we come up with this core connection that the child does not feel heard. And um, so I just encourage you to stop and listen to your child. Um, you know, the long, younger they are, the harder this might be, right? Uh, it might sound a little childish what they want to communicate. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up in our adulting and, and what's important uh, to get us through the day. But um, trying to take that time for your child to be heard uh, empathize with them as to what the world looks like from their point of view. Um, 
that, you know, they don't have control of a lot of things. And so allowing them to have control of, of what they can uh, will give them some of that confidence and allow them to feel heard. And also just keep in mind that your child is not yours. It's, your child is not a possession. Um, it's a gift entrusted to you to develop. And so just kind of keep that in mind as you're trying to develop a relationship with this. Even a three-year-old is an individual um, and uh, trying to think of, of them as an individual rather than uh, your child. Encourage you to stop the black and white thinking that, you know, uh, this world, un- unfortunately, is a mixture of lots of grays. And we can have uh, strong belief systems, uh, but our children need to develop their own belief system. And so if you have a strong relationship with them, they will likely adopt a lot of your belief systems. Um, Early relationships with your child will make a relationship with your teenager easier, but it still may be a challenge, especially if your teenager is challenging your individual family or cultural belief system. But again, uh, attempt to stop the black and white thinking, allow them to develop into that individual that you maintain a relationship with. Uh, a relationship with your teen is probably a whole nother podcast, uh, so I'll leave it at that. Um, for me, uh, my adopted children gave me the most experience in, in raising children. So we adopted five children, and they were older when we adopted them. The two of them were personal adoptions, but they were in their teens, and uh, three of them were a uh, three child sibling group that came from the foster care system in South Florida. And unfortunately, there was uh, likely trauma and um, lots of neglect and, and abuse that happened prior to adopting them. We truly thought in our ignorance that if we just love them enough, that they would think we had a relationship with them and that they would uh, turn out okay or be good. Um, I realize now, and I've had to go back and apologize, that we were way too harsh. Uh, We took a disciplined, authoritative uh, stance within the home and, uh, you know, truly believe that if if we continued that and were consistent, uh, they would turn out to be the the adults that, that God wanted them to be. So we focused on discipline rather than relationship. And so I caution you to be careful in that. Um, to, you know, like if you go back and think about the, the love languages, one of them is touch. And um, if you are physically touching a child in a disciplinary way and their love language is touch, they are getting a, a mixed message. They're getting the you don't love me message. Um, you know, but on the other hand, we had uh, two of the uh, two of the children. One love language was was touch. Uh, she wanted a hug every day. Her brother did not like to be touched, um, and so we. But but she would always kind of go after her brother and want you know give me a hug, give me a hug. So we kind of had to make this uh, family rule that okay, he has to hug you uh, for thirty seconds once a day, but then you have to leave him alone. Kind of respecting people's love language, but also respecting other people's boundaries and what they what they need. Um, if you've ever read my book uh, of, of our personal story, you know that a lot of the way that we adopted, uh, adopted um, 
disciplining the adopted children kind of backfired on us. And, and there was lots of um, hardship in their teen years that I, I hope that we have worked through and they are um, great adults at this point. Um, but again, the number one thing in raising children is relationship. And I still, to this day, work on my relationship with my adult children. So how does choice mapping fit into this? I think that as we examine ourselves and and particularly our relationship with our parents and our childhood, we gain insight. And if we work through those things in the choice mapping um, formula, we can kind of break that cycle, move forward, have a better relationship with our children. I um, I rarely promote psychoanalytical theorists uh, because we kind of jokingly say, you know, everything goes back to the parents, everything's the parents' fault. Um, but choice mapping gives us some insight, not blame. Uh, but when we have insight, we can better make better choices for ourselves and uh, move forward in, in developing a better relationship with our children. So one of the things, as I map myself, and you know, whatever feeling is coming up, there's a couple themes that continue to happen with my relationship with, with my parents. So my mom, we were either enmeshed or distant. We had a very, a very, very close relationship early on, um, almost where I kind of had a little bit of control over her. Um, and then when she remarried, there was kind of this distance. And then, um, then there, there began a rift in our relationship. However, because we were so close as children, and my mom always made sure that she attempted to maintain a relationship with me um, as adults, uh, any mistake that, my, that I think my mom might have made uh, is totally forgiven. Uh, my biological father died when I was very, very young, and uh, my adopted dad, um, I always felt disconnected and, and unloved by him, but... Um, he did adopt me. He did all of the things that uh, the best that he could at the time. And um, after adopting five children and seeing how difficult it is uh, to raise adopted children, I have the utmost respect uh, for what he's done for me. And we have a, a great relationship now. So again, the number one thing is to develop a relationship with your child. It is the most important thing, and it is lasting uh, through hardship, through happiness, um, and I truly believe relationship is the only thing that is eternal. So, again, I encourage you to have a good relationship with your children. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about choice mapping, visit our website, www.mentallystrong.com. And remember, choice mapping makes you mentally stronger.